0: Before the Fellowship was the greatest story you've never heard. I'm Greg. I'm Cameron. I'm Dan. Join us as we read and react to The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien. Last time we read about Owlay and Yavanna. Owlay created the dwarves in secret. Luatar initially rebuked him, but eventually blessed the creation. Yavanna had reservations about them. Today we continue with Chapter 3 of *Quenta Silmarillion. Chapter 3 of the Coming of the Elves and the Captivity of Melkor. Through long ages the Valar dwelt in bliss in the light of the trees beyond the mountains of Aman, but all Middle-earth lay in a twilight under the stars. While the lamps had shone, growth began there, which now is checked, because all was again dark. But already the oldest living things had arisen in the seas, the great weeds, and on earth, the shadow of great trees. And in the valleys of the night-clad hills, there were dark creatures, old and strong. To those lands and forests, the Valar seldom came, save only Yavanna and Orome. And Yavanna would walk there in the shadows, grieving because the growth and promise of the spring of Arda was stayed. And she set asleep upon many things that had arisen in the spring so that they should not age, but should wait for a time of awakening that yet should be. But in the north Melkor built his strength, and he slept not, but watched and labored. And the evil things that he had perverted walked abroad, and the dark and slumbering woods were haunted by monsters and shapes of dread. And in Utumno, he gathered his demons about him, those spirits who first adhered to him in the days of his splendor and became most like him in his corruption. Their hearts were of fire, but they were cloaked in darkness and terror went before them. They had whips of flame. Balrogs they were named in Middle-earth in later days. And in that dark time, Melkor bred many other monsters of diverse shapes and kinds that long troubled the world. And his realm spread now ever southward over Middle-earth. And Melkor made also a fortress and armory not far from the northwestern shores of the sea to resist any assault that might come from Aman. That stronghold was commanded by Sauron, Lieutenant of Melkor, and it was named Angband. It came to pass that the Valar held council, for they became troubled by the tidings that Yavanna and Orome brought from the outer lands. And Yavanna spoke before the Valar, saying, Ye mighty of Arda, the vision of Iluvatar was brief and soon taken away, so that maybe we cannot guess within a narrow count of days the hour appointed yet be sure of this the hour approaches and within this age our hope shall be revealed and the children shall awake shall we then leave the lands of their dwelling desolate and full of evil shall they walk in darkness while we have light shall they call melkor lord while Manwe sits upon toniquetil and tulkas cried nay let us make war swiftly. Have we not rested from strife over long, and is not our strength now renewed? Shall one alone contest with us forever? But at the bidding of Manwe, Mandos spoke, and he said In this age the children of Iluvatar shall come indeed, but they come not yet. Moreover, it is doom that the firstborn shall come in the darkness. And shall look first upon the stars great light shall be for their waning to varda ever shall they call at need then varda went forth from the council and she looked out from the height of taniquetil and beheld the darkness of middle earth beneath the innumerable stars faint and far then she began a great labor greatest of all the works of the Valar since their coming into Arda. She took the silver dews from the vats of Telperion, and therewith she made new stars and brighter against the coming of the firstborn. Wherefore, she whose name out of the deeps of time and the labors of Ea was Tintale, the kindler, was called after by the elves, Elentari. Queen of the Stars, Carnil and Luinil, Nenar and Lumbar, Alcarinque and Elamire. She wrought in that time, and many other of the ancient stars she gathered together and set as signs in the heavens of Arda, Wilwarin, Tulumindil, Soronume, and Anarima and Menel Macar, with his shining belt that forebodes the last battle that shall be at the end of days. And high in the north, as a challenge to Melkor, she set the crown of seven mighty stars to swing, Valasirka, the sickle of the Valar, and sign of doom. It is told that even as Varda ended her labors, and they were long, when first Menel strode up the sky and the blue fire of Halloween flickered in the midst, mists above the borders of the world, in that hour the children of the earth awoke, the firstborn of Aluvatar. By the starlit mirror of Quivienen, water of awakening, they rose from the sleep of Iluvatar, and while they dwelt yet silent by Quivienen, their eyes beheld first of all things, the stars of heaven. Therefore they have ever loved the starlight and have revered Varda Elintari above all the Valar. In the changes of the world, the shapes of the lands and of seas have been broken and remade. Rivers have not kept their courses, neither have mountains remained steadfast. And to Quivienin there is no returning. But it is said among the elves that it lay far off in the east of Middle-earth and northward, and it was a bay in the inland sea of Helkar. And that sea stood where aforetime the roots of the mountains of Iluin had been before Melkor overthrew it. Many waters flowed down thither from heights in the east, and the first sound that was heard by the elves was the sound of water flowing and the sound of water falling over stone. Long they dwelt in their first home, by the water under stars, and they walked the earth in wonder. And they began to make speech, and to give names to all things that they perceived. Themselves they named the Quendi, signifying those that speak with voices. For as yet they had met no other living things that spoke or sang. And on a time, it chanced that Orome rode eastward in his hunting. And he turned north by the shores of Helkar, and passed under the shadows of the Orokarni, the mountains of the east. Then on a sudden, Nahar set up a great neighing, and stood still. And Orome wondered and sat silent. And it seemed to him that in the quiet of the land under the stars, he heard afar off many voices singing. Thus it was that the Valar found at last, as it were by chance, those whom they had so long awaited. And Orome looking upon the elves was filled with wonder, as though they were beings sudden and marvelous and unforeseen. For so it shall ever be with the Valar, from without the world, Though all things may be forethought in music or foreshown in vision from afar, to those who enter verily into Ea, each in its time, shall be met at unawares as something new and unforetold. All right. Well, that's a, a big introduction to the children of Eluvatar. Finally making an appearance here.
1: It's interesting how they, they come by surprise. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or in or conjunction with, with st- the creation of stars,
0: right? I think uh, as, I, as I read it, um, Varda creates the stars for their coming, knowing that uh, she, she doesn't want them to be... Because there's no light right now. Um, that's one of the details of the world as it exists at this time Is there still isn't light <laughs> And it's kind of a seen as a sad thing That the children of Luvatar will come into a world without light Something that I thought that was, was really interesting I think we had mentioned this before But um, Frodo in The Lord of the Rings will call upon the name of Elbereth Who is Varda, okay. right? That's like the elven name of Varda And this kind of explains further why she's so important to them, because they have this deep connection with the stars. That was the first light they ever knew. And so they um, esteem her highest amongst all the Valar and Valier.
1: um, maybe, Maybe it's good to just give a quick summary on what happened. So here's how I understand it. Maybe you guys can fill in the blank. So after the Valar kind of built this you know uh this storehouse in between mountains to kind of keep the light safe the the beautiful good thing safe um melkor creates angband or angband which translates to iron prison it's like his deep fortress and tulkas is like hey we have to attack now like now is the best time to attack but Mando's, who's like the doom sayer, he mm-hmm. like knows knows things that others don't. He says that the children of Iluvatar shall come, but not yet, and they shall come in darkness. So, in a sense, it should be dark now. But Varda, so let me get this straight. Varda creates light like stars, so that it will still be darkness, but they'll have something to to behold or something to uh, see. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. And then Orome is just wandering around hunting, and then he just hears them singing. <laughs> and eluvatar has created his children, which have been prophesied since the beginning.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I, I think mean, that, I think that pretty much covers it.
2: Yeah, it talks about Um, Hel- Heluin, um and how, in that hour, the children of the earth awoke, um, and that was created more than three ages before the rising of the sun. So, <laughs> the is that children did... the—is
0: that what you're reading from the? the uh, yeah. From
2: Arda, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Encyclopedia um,
1: of Arda.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. It's it's crazy. Um, I, I don't know if that means that Helluin is was created then, but I'm guessing it was created... I mean, I, I'm trying to see if it, it was are you, created. Are you talking about Quiv-
1: Quivianen?
2: Nope. Helluin.
1: Oh. Helluin.
2: Yeah, it's spelled H-E-L-L-U-I-N. Um... Yeah, it's told that even as Vada ended her labours, and they were long, when first Menel Makar strode up the sky and mm. the blue fire of Haluin, which I love that note, by the way, that it's, an, it's a blue star. Like mm-hmm. he, Not only does he like name the stars, <laughs> but he gives them unique qualities. Incredible. F- uh flickered in the mists above mm. the borders of the world. In that hour, the children of the earth awoke. So at and some that's, point and that's the during sun, right? that,
0: the the sun that they would know is it's uh, maybe hidden no. from.
2: No, they, there's no sun,
0: right? No. It's just well, starless. It's not it's not available it's... to them. It's not uh, visible to them. It's it's so saying that it does exist, but it's not. Um, no, it's not. it
1: says. Oh, um, well, maybe they, their eyes beheld first of all things the stars of heaven. Yeah. So they can see them, but they're not, like, illuminating everything.
0: It would be like if we lived
1: in a place without the moon or the sun, I imagine.
0: So Haluin is one star amongst the many stars. But it's not like the sun is a star. It's, like, just another star that's blue. Their sun has not risen yet and
2: won't rise for a a while. I mean, Haluin was created, like, three ages before the rising of the sun. Um, and I I don't know if we've already like seen that's when, what, when that's what crazy. I thought.
0: I th- that's what I and then I started getting confused once there's. I mean, the, a lot of these stars are named, but yeah, that one's given special significance. I like that there are um one of the there's like um constellations in here too, and one of them that's mentioned by name is Manel Makar with his shining belt,
1: mm-hmm. which
0: sounds a lot like Orion, right. you know. It, I don't know, it just makes you wonder if these are the same stars. Um, you know, or the same even same um,
1: constellations.
0: Yeah, if it were if if it were like a a world near ours, it would have similar constellations, constellations and and similar constellations. Um
1: Didn't well, in the beginning didn't say didn't it say it was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away? <laughs>
0: Dude, then that, it would be that must mean, way. Yeah, it would be different unless coincidentally it, the arrangement of nearby stars was exactly the same.
1: And- you know what I want to do? I want to pick one of these names of one of these stars and just commit it to memory. So then the future and people are like, oh, have you read the Silmarillion? And I'm just like, yeah you know tintali i'd just my be favorite. like hello and i have <laughs> just totally own them with your knowledge but just have one obscure thing yeah tintali is my favorite which one's yours that's incredible though i mean i wonder if there's
2: i don't know i don't know what there's there's obviously some kind of there might be some kind of significance to the fact that there's darkness but there's light um, they are privy to the things of heaven first before they are really privy to sight of the things of earth. Their eyes first turn upwards before they turn downwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love that. I don't. It, I don't is, know. it
1: is kind of reconciling their doom or their destiny being—you know—they have to be born in darkness. But Varda figures out a way to have them be born in darkness, but still have some light. Yeah, I think stars are a good in between. You know, you don't have a sun rising on the horizon, but you have some stars. It's really mm-hmm. beautiful. You see the different personalities of the Valar uh, come together.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, so this is I, just really—they
1: show up
0: and stars show up. That's what I like. The between, like amongst all the Valar, they have some disagreement. They all kind of have their specific purpose, and um, there's some autonomy within that. And they don't always agree, but Manwe and Mondo seem to be able to hold things together. They're not like, you know, the Greek pantheon that's just constantly quarreling over petty things like. They're all trying to fulfill their purpose and, and uh, care for their specific realm. Yeah. Cool. I think that's an important note, <laughs> I, right? That they that they, I mean, there's discord in the world, but it's specifically opposed to the Valar and Iluvatar, but them like following Iluvatar. Leads to them cooperating and uh, conceding things when they need to. You know,
1: where do you see them cooperating with the Luvatar Or what? Well,
0: just, you- uh, they they seem to. That's not something that was read today, but just in general, like Melkor is the opposite of that, who defies him. Now, I guess you could say that Alley, when he created the doors was also kind of in defiance, but even then, he, he the way he said it was, it was more of. This admiration for Luvatar mm. He was a creator, so I also want to create like him, and um, so just their submission to him, I guess, in a broad sense.
1: Yeah, and Toolkiss is not like, well, if you guys aren't going to fight, I'm going to go fight by myself. Right. You know, right. there's not this rebellion in their hearts. They're just very different. Yes. Different individuals, but they they come together, and there's kind of a hierarchy that they obey. You know, yeah. Mando speaks. These important words at the bidding of, or sorry, Mando speaks them at the bidding of Manway. Right. Manway is already shown as the highest of the Valar. Right. So they all kind of are subservient to Manway, who is himself subservient to Iluvatar.
0: You know, um, speaking of like a hierarchy, there we do hear Sauron too for the first time. Yeah, I was just
1: gonna mention that.
0: And that's kind of interesting, just in contrast too, because. He's like the lieutenant of Melkor, it says, and and uh, holds the stronghold of Angband. Eng, Angband. I don't know how to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, there is some of that there, too, but that that's not surprising. But it, just of what we know about Sauron from the Lord of the Rings, and Melkor's not really present there, right? Maybe no. we'll hear about that, about why he's absent mm-hmm. later. Yes, yeah. Yeah. They, guys, do you remember how it said
1: that Sauron wasn't as evil as Melkor for one reason, and that's because he served another, right? right. A, just serving his own purpose, right? But I believe, and don't quote me on this. Don't quote me on this and put it online. I believe that Sauron um, eventually does pursue his own purposes, but we'll just have to wait and see how Sauron and Melkor work together. It's just so cool to me that you have the big bad of Lord of the Rings, and then you have a bigger and a badder in Melkor, (laughs) who's just bossing him around. (laughs) Yeah.
0: All right. Well, if you like what you hear, go ahead and rate us three Silmarils out of three. One day we'll hear about the Silmarils, but not today. But rate us three Silmarils out of three. Follow us everywhere at Before the Fellowship. And send any comments or questions to beforethefellowship at gmail.com. Join us next week as we read the greatest story you've never heard, The Silmarillion by J.R.R. Tolkien.